Hey listeners, welcome to 10x Growth Strategies podcast. This is your host, Preeti Padmanabhan, technology executive, investor, and board member. Today, we will feature the book, Atlas of the Heart, Mapping Meaningful Connections and the Language of Human Experience by Brené Brown. Our guest today is Shamla Bandla, Senior Director of Production Engineering at Meta. I met Shamla at EWA, the Empowered Women of the World Conference. Welcome, Shamla, to 10X Growth Strategies podcast. Thank you so much, Preeti, for having me here today. Wonderful. Tell us about yourself, your current role, any past highlights of your career. Sure. Um, I'm a senior director of production engineering at Meta. Um, In my role, I support several of Meta's mission-critical business products, uh, ranging from ads, business messaging, Instagram, WhatsApp, and several other portfolio of products. If I look back my career journey, some of the key highlights, I was blessed and very grateful to the different opportunities I had. Uh, I started my career in the U.S. working with Uh, with a very large fintech uh, company, Fidelity Investments. And very early in my career, what um, sense of urgency, high reliability, you know, five nines, four nines started there. Um, I was there for five years before I relocated to West Coast, where I took a role in a startup company. This was in uh, software as a service. Uh, That startup company got acquired by Dell, and this was the inflection point in my career where I also transitioned from an IC into a manager role. And the same year, Dell had acquired a few other startup companies, and I was asked to lead the production engineering team to integrate these companies into larger Dell. I'm very blessed with that opportunity because I got to work with many different companies who got under one umbrella And then I had an opportunity to work in insurance industry where I took the company and the cloud engineering team through a transformation from an on-prem business model to a SaaS model. And right before Meta, I was in a cybersecurity company in Qualys. I feel the opportunities were not by design. It just happened that I happened to work in different industry settings and each role And each domain uh, gave me so many great career lessons. And I'm blessed that I'm able to leverage that at my career at Meta now. That's a great career journey, spanning so many different companies and different verticals. And it's great that you chose this book, Atlas of the Heart. I really enjoyed reading this book. I always enjoy reading Brené Brown. This book really made me think about my life, my emotions. I'd love to understand why did you choose to read the book, Atlas of the Heart? That's a great question. I'm a huge fan of Renee Brown. I have read uh, several of her books, uh, Dare to Lead, Power of Vulnerability, and Rising um, Strong. Some of, those are some of my favorites. And when this book came out, I happened to hear from a few of my colleagues And the main theme of this book was how do you improve your connections, just not with yourself, but also with others. And knowing more about your own emotions, keeping them in check and how they influence your own well-being and also the connections you have both with your family and friends and with your colleagues. So I got very intrigued to, to read this book. 
And as I was reading the synopsis, right, in one sentence, if I summarize, the book maps out a series of human emotions and their meanings, and it allows you to explore the psychology behind human feelings and how they make up our lives uh, on a daily basis and how they influence changing our behaviors, our moods, and how can we build meaningful connections by learning actually to deal with them. And if they are left unchecked, they will not do you any good. So as I was reading through the, really got excited to, uh, to uh, read the book. And she truly believed, right, with an adventurous heart. And if you have a curious mind, you can take yourself to places and, and lead a very joyful and happy life. I loved how you talked about the different emotions she paints and how she takes us from one step to the other throughout the book. I'd love to understand what are your top takeaways from the book? Great question. And I, I want to start with uh, talking a little bit about myself. And, and I think then I would be able to answer this question better. I always struggled expressing my feelings and emotions. I'm a very internal person and actually an introvert, which a lot of people find it surprising because um, I'm leading a large team. I have to be in front of people. But by nature, I'm an introvert and a very personal and a private uh, person. And I know that, you know, this could mean feeling disconnected, just not for myself, but also with others, because uh, building trust or being vulnerable did not come very naturally to me. And I had a lot of ex very high expectations on myself early on in my career and also as I was growing up. And that led to disappointments because always, you know, trying to be high achiever also can have uh, unexpected expectations on yourself and being perfect. And I think this book really opened my, um, you know, th thought process. Um, it's okay to be ambitious. It it's okay to have expectations, but you have to have checks and boundaries and guardrails. Uh, otherwise, it can lead to burnout, it can lead to unhappiness, because you'll constantly be self-critical. So I think that was the biggest first takeaway is okay to have goals, okay to have both personal and professional, but doing it, do it in a way that is realistic, and it's also something sustainable. The other big takeaway was knowing different emotions by example. Like throughout the book, it was very interesting to read places you can go when you compare. It's a human nature, right? You compare places you go when you're hurting, places you go when you're actually happy or when you're connecting with people. But often we don't think about it. We do not reflect about it, right? And each section has such handful examples of, you know, defining these um, emotions and, and really uh, going deep into how you are feeling. And after I read the book, I actually could relate. Oh, wait a second. Okay, this is what it meant when I was going through that emotion or, or feeling. And also the other thing is, you know, without speaking to others or asking questions, how do you know that how others are feeling? I'm a very empathetic person and thoughtful person. That's what my friends and col colleagues say. But this book also allowed me to have some tools, like you can be even more open with your friends and colleagues if you have the right tools, like what questions to ask. And the other big takeaway, Preeti, is listening is a hard skill. We, we are often taught, right? 
but listening with an open mind and like she reiterates in many sections like this is such an important takeaway maybe a friend is in a hardship how do you show up there maybe a colleague is going through a very difficult phase in his or her life personally and how do you support at work so a lot of key takeaways but these would be the the few things which i wanted to highlight as key takeaways excellent highlights there uh, if if i could add some additional things that came my way uh, that things you mentioned you talked about comparison and uh, one thing that struck me was uh, social media and mm-hmm. how people go into social media and that leads them to compare themselves to other people as people post about their vacations or their promotions and how does that make one feel it is so true it happens every day in people's life and how do you distance yourself uh, and not get into that mire uh, of keeping yourself in comparison and then you know not feeling good about yourself um and also you brought up a good point about empathy um one thing that also stuck with me was how 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 much do you empathize with yourself mm-hmm. because we can be empathetic to others but are we showing the same to ourselves are we being kind to ourselves so very beautiful points that you brought up empathy and places we go when we compare and we are happy really nice ones i'd love to dig deep into some of these areas one interesting thing when i read the book um was it said that people will do anything to avoid pain the natural reflex is to numb the pain to act like everything is fine and not acknowledge one's emotions or pain i'd love to understand what are some adverse effects of such behavior this is such this was such an important uh, topic and theme she covered and i could resonate preeti with some of the events in my life and i i will try to connect both something i read from the book but some i could resonate with events so when we constantly numb the pain there are adverse effects so i'll take an example of uh, let me give an example of physical pain say you have uh, a pain in your knee your obvious reaction is i'm going to put a pain reliever and it will give you temporary uh, relief and you can do it every day and you continue your daily chores and you're not taking care of uh, the actual root cause of the pain we never resolving what is actually causing and constantly just putting a pain reliever may actually lead to long term actually impact on your knee i'm just giving an example i could correlate this so well this this applies to emotional pain as well you know we talk about burnout or we talk about uh, stress and if these are unchecked they can lead to long term unhappiness stress which can cause other um, anxiety issues other uh, health issues and just lack of uh, self confidence and building trust on your own uh, you know self so i truly believe and with what she shared like you know these have to be in uh, check you can't just numb the pain because that will just be a, a a temporary relief you're not getting to the root cause so you have to reflect if you're feeling sad acknowledge what is the cause of you know what is causing the the sadness or if you're feeling anger reflect you know reflect and take a moment pause from your uh, busy life cycle 
and 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 just say like what is con causing the anger and sometimes whether it is spouse or whether you had a you know argument with your teenager I, I think having a communication channel is super important because unchecked it just builds over time and then a big blowout can happen right and and then you kind of repent oh my god why did I do same thing like if it, if that knee pain was unchecked after a few months that could lead a surgery and the emotional pain there are no ways to check that right so this is where I think you mentioned about we are not empathetic to ourselves, self-care and it emotional quotient. You want to make sure that you have the mental bandwidth um, to take care of the people around you. If you're not in good shape, you cannot take care of the people around you, whether it's your family, immediate family, or whether your colleagues and team members at work. Great points on self-care. And great points on how these pain manifest both as physical and emotional trauma and stress in people. Um, I got to reflect when I was reading about the pain piece on like how does the pain uh, react in my body? Right? I, I generally it comes up as a headache. Uh, and we tend to overwork <laughs> most of the time and headaches are so commonplace. Like, I mean, it's not just me, even at work, I often hear other people talk about headache and they're still working with the headache and uh, especially in this crunch time. And those are the ways that, that actually we end up getting more sick, like you said, and we can try putting bandage or we can try putting a balm, but that does not resolve long-term. Um, so I've been fortunate to get some techniques like meditation and regular practice that has really helped me. Uh, those are some ways by which I'm able to manage the stress. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, one interesting thing that came up was about emotions in the book. Uh, and she brought up an interesting thing about the three emotions that people can explain are happy sad and angry mm -hmm. there are other emotions like boredom awe love and several others jealousy that are difficult to explain why is it important to recognize our emotions correctly um, again such a um, great way she explained this but i want to hit on few things um, for this question I think differentiating emotions properly can play a very important role to help us out to sort out what is good from bad. Uh, let me give an example. Knowing your own emotions and actively identifying them can actually help you to sort out when, it, when an emotion is causing you to not be that better person of yourself and really taking you on a path where you're not showing up well and you feel bad about it at the end of the day. And if something is really good for you, it can take you and, and become the part of your growth and turn that into your strength. But if something is, you know, having a negative effect on you, it can hold you back and, you know, becoming your best self and, and you want to get rid of it, right? So that's why it's important to know how to differentiate uh, emotions properly. What is good versus what is bad and which one is having a negative effect on you? And I think she explains, right, you know, how to explore a series of emotions that people find it difficult to even confess. 
I want to hit one uh, key point, which is on humility is a, is a great example. Let's take that as an example. Modesty, pride, humility, they all come together. Humility in general is a very good emotion as it allows you to self-assess your strengths, contributions and imperfections while also leaving room for learning. Like, you know, when you're grounded, when you're um, humble, it always, you know, uh, helps you to be curious. I want to learn and uh, uh, keeps your pride in check, right? But on the contrary to the popular belief, it doesn't imply humility if unchecked. It doesn't imply like, you know, let people take you for granted and walk all over you, right? Because the, the other extreme of humility is sometimes you're downplaying yourself. So I find this example, as she was explaining in the book, was like really good. And um, you want to have a spectrum of this emotion being checked. Uh, so that's one example. The, uh, the other one is, you know, differentiating between your emotions and knowing where to draw the line can prove to be a great skill in the long, long run and always helps you to keep an open mind uh, and also, you know, and grow your emotional uh, intelligence. You touched upon the different emotions, right? Anger, for example. Extreme anger, first of all, can have um, long-lasting, disturbing effects on your, your relationships, but it can also have actually health implications. And um, feeling sense of joy and content can have long-lasting um, happiness, bringing happiness in your in your life. So I felt the way she explained in the book, good versus bad, which emotions you want to keep in check and, and having a spectrum, right? So that, that was a very important tool. I think she, she explained through examples. Great examples there. Uh, I love the point on humility and how that can be overextended and it can be, uh, you know, negative to a person. Um, I think one particular piece that stuck to me was the comparison that you mentioned at the beginning also. The truth is we are hardwired to compare. Right from our childhood, I remember that, you know, I used to get compared. It, does, it doesn't matter even if at home you're not compared, but when you go to work or when you go to school, and it's always the case you're having conversations on comparison. But comparison brings jealousy, envy, invokes negative emotions within you, such as anger, fear, sadness, shame. How does one move away from comparing oneself to others? And what are the benefits of doing so? If I have to say out of all the chapters, this was the best chapter I felt because we are humans at the end of the day. And comparing is natural. It comes very naturally to us. But when we constantly compare ourselves with others, with no checks, no guardrails, we sometimes could be hurting ourselves the most. Why? Let me explain. Because we are setting the highest and most unrealistic expectation to become somebody else, right? And instead of engaging in an impossible feat and creating a negative ranking system, uh, why I'm not able to do, this person is able to, it's actually best to focus in inward on the individual growth and see how far you are able to come. And as well as what is left to fix yourself. I'll give you an example. Uh, in pandemic, initially, 
And I could resonate this with an incident, right? A colleague of mine, uh, we were just chatting on a VC. We were fatigued with the VC things. And we said, okay, let's take on this uh, plank challenge for 30 days, right? The plank challenge was you build 20 seconds of plank. And the goal was at the end of the 30th day, you're going to hold the plank for five minutes. And I said, what the hell? This is impossible. And he, he was very, very... A strong weightlifter. So for him, hitting those was very natural, but I couldn't. For me, it took me almost 15 days even to hit the two minute. But I think this is where I now I, I realized I said I'm setting unrealistic expectations for myself. I'm not an athlete. I'm not a weightlifter. I'm going to take my own pace and I will hit. And guess what? slow and steady, I was actually able to hit the, the five minute. I can't do it now, but for that challenge, I did. It's such a simple example, but you can go deep and you can apply it to so many different uh, incidents and you know things you fa face. You have your own swim lane. I think she explained that so beautifully. Everybody has their own time, right? Maybe for some person, it takes a more time because the learning curve is steeper. But I think having that growth mindset and setting your own boundaries is super important. The other thing is you mentioned about jealousy and, and envy. This is where I think keeping the comparison self-checks is super important. Another example I want to give. You can celebrate actually with humiliation. Big takeaway was nothing that celebrates the humiliation or pain of another person um, you know, builds lasting relationships. You may be happy for that moment, but the end of the day, you're not going to be happy uh, just because somebody else failed, right? Oh, you're able to do better. I don't think it's a long lasting, uh, a joyful moment in your life. I, I try to like kind of, if I resonate, the moments I have felt happier is if I help somebody and that person did better than she or he did in their career before, right? So empathy and thoughtfulness, that is what has built long-lasting relationship. So I always feel bringing those uh, reflections into my life and a friend of mine or colleague of mine is doing better, you, you have to build that muscle of feeling better. Like why you're not, it's not that. I have a lot of things to be grateful about. So I start listing those and I, I put my swim lane. I will get to that end destination at some point. Maybe it is going to take me longer than the other person. I feel this chapter was the best chapter. Um, I don't know if you agree, but I think some of the tools she gave, like, you know, if somebody shares a success story, you have to show genuine care. You have to ask leaning, interesting questions so that you are like really showing, yes, you're happy for that person. And show gratitude, right? Gratitude for your own success, but also for that person who has trusted you and sharing his or her success. I completely agree. This was one of the best chapters, uh, even for me. Uh, in all, uh, you know, full disclosure, uh, growing up, uh, I was compared to other people. And especially, I was asked to perform at a very high level. Uh, I grew up in India, uh, just like uh, you did, right? And uh, so there was this whole pressure that I have to get the top three ranks in the class. And so even a little bit of slip uh, that used to be challenged. And so as a result, I had to like really strive to be among the top all the time. 
And, and then later, I continued to feel the same way that I had to be the top performer all the time. And it was very tiring. And whenever someone else was going ahead, I used to think, oh, my God, am I not doing the right things? Um, and at some point, I really thought about it, like, how long am I going to live my life this way? Uh, am I living my life by my terms or someone else's definition of life, right? Okay. So that was something that I actually had to have a conversation with myself and also ask some mentors of mine uh, who were kind enough to share, like, you know, how, and you mentioned that beautifully, which is everybody has their own path. Mm -hmm. And why don't we choose our path? Our, our path is unique and somebody else's path doesn't need to be our path. And for somebody else, the our path was wonderful and maybe we can guide them. Uh, so that was actually a huge shift. I And I, once I had that shift, I could see all sorts of opportunities open up and joy and happiness mm -hmm. in everything I did. And the minute that manifested, um, it really changed uh, my way of working uh, or, you know, living, if I could say that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What is the role of wonder and curiosity in our emotional well-being? That's a great question, Preeti. Uh, let me answer it in um, twofold. I'll, I'll hit the wonder part. I think I, I reflect looking at my kids when they were younger, right? They're always in the moment. Uh, They're always fascinated with even small things. And uh, sometimes I reflect now, like uh, I'll, I'll share in COVID initial two months when the lockdown happened, uh, not meeting with anybody was like uh, very depressing, uh, not very exciting. And quickly kind of decided to start these early walks with, uh, with a friend of mine. We would go for early walks. 6 to 6, 6.30 in the morning. And I remember the days we did walk, it used to be just beautiful uh, beginning to the day. We would see sunrise, we would see deers, we would see birds. And this was just like a small, small pause in the day at the beginning of the day. And this is so wonderful. And that resonated like, you know, putting us in a very good, happy state. And I felt that continued throughout the day. And I can reflect the days we didn't go for the walk. I could see the energy being a little bit low, uh, low. And we would actually pause and reflect, like even watching birds, even watching sunlight. So I feel wonder. I'm pretty sure there is a scientific reason behind the way our brain is wired, like just awestruck with something, you know, beautiful. The same thing happens, like I love music. Like if I heard a piece of music, and somebody is like doing a, a great job, I am actually emotionally in a very good trance, happy state. Recently, I've been watching Indian Idol season 13, and there are some wonderful, you know, singers. I'm awestruck. And even my husband would say, like, every time you watch this, you're in a very good well-being state. There is, there is a mood change happening. Now, transitioning to the second question, which is curiosity. Curiosity, for me, it has personally helped and I could resonate how the Brené had explained in one of the chapters. It builds a muscle, uh, emotional muscle for you to assume good intent. Like even in difficult conversations or difficult situations at work, curiosity, that emotion builds like, you know, start with good intent, ask the leaning questions 
even if it's a very uncomfortable conversation or you have to make a decision. So I always go with a curious mind. I am going to assume trust. I'll start with you know giving the trust before the trust erodes. And in that process, I'm asking the right leaning questions. And if I didn't have a curious mind, I could start being very judgmental if the person started. Maybe I say, if it was a difficult conversation and the person is like in a very bad mood, maybe that person had a bad start and give that good intent. So curiosity helps you asking the right leaning questions and assume good intent in others. Great points there. I loved your examples for both the wonder and curiosity. What a, what a wonderful conversation we've had. I'm reminded of something Brené had mentioned in the book that the heart is an adventurous world. And the right language is like having the right map to the heart. You have shared your experiences in speaking the language of the heart and keeping your heart happy. So it was really nice having this conversation with you, Shamla. Any final insights for the audience? Yeah, uh, what I would like to share is life is short. And, you know, throughout our lifetime, we will experience a series of emotions and events which happen in our um, uh, life, right, that will shape our persona and define who we actually end up with. And depending on our reaction to specific situations, the lessons we learn from them and how we deal with these emotions, we can either build or we can damage our emotional intelligence. I think that was the biggest takeaway uh, for me from the book. And it's an insight, like if we can have our emotions in check and differentiate between good or bad, I think we can turn some of the emotions which are actually benefiting us and that can help us in putting our, ourselves on a growth curve. The other is by learning more about our feelings and what they mean to us we get more knowledge about our emotional intelligence, right? And as, as I said, this can help us grow and become wiser individuals in the long run. And however, if we inhibit, we, we are not reflecting on our emotions and failing to address them at the right time can cause a buildup and it can cause burnout, it can cause frustration, stress, negative feelings overall. And we might miss the actual pure, experiencing the pure joy in our life with these unchecked negative emotions. And there are three, you know, favorite lessons from the book as I, I think we covered the, the comparison one is a great one. And some of the most toxic traits of all humans is actually comparison. And without internalizing and having unrealistic expectations, can actually have negative impact on your emotional well-being. And the, the, the last one I wanted to share was knowing our own emotions makes it easier to turn them into strengths and help us to go away from our weaknesses. So I think just bringing everything together, this is a wonderful book I recommend everybody reading because it, it tells like how you can learn more about yourself, like how you're reacting to situations in life, keep you grounded and make you a better person with some of the tools and uh, acknowledging how you're feeling from day, day to day and how you're reacting to situations. Wonderful. 
we invite you all listeners to check out this book atlas of the heart by brenny brown thank you shamla for joining us here today thank you so much preeti for having me here today